Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. Well, we've done it again. And uh, I'm, I'm changing what I, what I do for vision messages, I'm telling you. Uh, you know, two years ago in 2020, I preached that, uh, that the gospel would go forth like a virus and spread like a pandemic. And then uh, I preached about us, you know, setting sail and into uncharted waters. I just didn't think they'd be muddy ones like we've been in, you know. It's crazy. I don't know whether I'm exercising my prophetic gift is just, you know, coming out or the whole world's been watching our streaming. I don't know. But either way, uh, we've done it again. I promise to preach on something beautiful and nice and wonderfully warm and generous next year. Uh, at, for that. Our hearts, of course, really do go out as we've been praying for not just our own community, it just seems these times right across the world at the moment, uh, and watching those images of what's happening in the Ukraine and across Europe as millions of people now displaced and fleeing their home and, uh, and being divided. It, it's just, uh, it's tragic, isn't it? You know, uh, what's happening, you know, Gympie, northern New South Wales, Lismore, there's all sorts of places that are, are doing it like we are right now at this moment in time. And I can't think of a, a better way, actually, though, how God has thrust us uh, into a very real and practical way of meeting the vision of, of actually, you know, trying to meet the needs of our local community and pastor the city of Brisbane. I've had more conversations in this last week with the leaders of our city. I'm meeting with the mayor this afternoon to talk about things as well than to be able to pastor our city in those kind of ways uh, that we have been reaching out to neighbours and to loved ones and strangers uh, just with the love of God uh, throughout this week as a church. It's just uh, unbelievable uh, we've been unpacking this vision of this year ahead, how we believe that God is asking us to set sail into the uncharted waters, to cross over into you know, meeting people we've never met before and, and blessing and talking to and sharing Jesus with them. He's inviting us to cross over with him, to hoist our sails and let the wind of his spirit take us. And whilst in no way is he the author of the things that we have seen in recent days, like floods and wars and other things, he certainly will take any of those things and use his people to be the blessing that they are always called to be in these times. And I think that's what I want to talk to us about this morning. Uh, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I could sense this uh, urgency amongst us. There was this uh, a rising up of, of faith and hope uh, amongst us for this vision and to, to get on board. And, and now we're actually being able to, to do it. The thing that we've got to do is stay the course. The thing that we actually have to do now is make sure that this isn't a, a response to a crisis, but we become the church that we always should have been. 
that we actually continue to step in and be these people of hope, these people of love, these people of compassion, these people who actually are there to go out and not just expect people to come in. It's a challenge to us all because it's way easier if we just try to make the invite that people would come or we we try to say here, we are this here if you come and you might meet us and experience us. But we need to understand that we need to stay the course to go. That God indeed is asking us to set our minds, our hearts, our eyes beyond the four walls of our facility. It's time to let our communities and our city know that God loves them, that we care, that we pray, that we share with people the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus. In recent weeks, we've been looking at a very interesting time in the ministry of Jesus as we've been looking into passages mostly in uh, the Gospel of Mark. And we've been trying to see that Jesus was, was talking about and he was teaching his disciples that the kingdom is not the kingdom they were expecting. The kingdom of God was coming in Jesus and him and ushering it in and entering in this kingdom of God was going to break into the world and is continuing now to break into the world in and through Jesus and, and, and it was coming to be good news for everybody. And people just couldn't get their heads around this. They couldn't understand that this is how it was going to be. And we encounter Jesus, our whole world gets transformed and changed. And that's a story we need to tell others about. And Jesus has been teaching these disciples that, that fear is going to be there. It's, it's natural response when we stand for something or someone. But even in the face of fear, we can overcome it to continue God's mission, to let his kingdom come through us. When Jesus is with us, it gives us the courage to overcome the fear, to step into what he has for us, that he will go with us. We will face the fear that is there, with the fear of Satan, the fear of people, the fear of going. But we go remembering that he is with us. Remember he said to Peter when he was about to step out onto those waters when they were putting, he was walking on the water and he looked at the disciples in the boat and he said, take courage, do not fear, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We, we will feel fear, that's normal, but it's saying go anyway remembering that I am with you. Sometimes we understood that you can be smack bang in the middle of the will of God and it's a place where we face our fear and push through it, not avoid it. And this is going to be relevant to us as we go into our community. Some of us might fear not knowing what to say. Some of us might fear actually going and getting our hands literally and feet dirty in amongst and feeling a little inadequate. Some of us will will fear sharing the good news or praying for somebody. But that's exactly when we need to remind ourselves that God is with us. We overcome the fear as we take courage that he is with us. 
And today I want to press into a passage that's just a little bit further on than the passages we've been looking at in the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to head into Mark chapter 8. If you've got your Bibles there or your app, you might want to open it up as we head into Mark chapter 8. And, and, and this, again, Jesus feeds thousands of people. He's already fed 5,000 people, and that's been on the Galilean side of the lake. And now he feeds 4,000 people on the Decapolis side, on this, this city of 10 regions, you know, region of 10 cities, over on the other side of the lake. And this is the place that they were going to the first time after the feeding of the 5,000. And there was the lunatic on the other side, remember, who when he encountered Jesus would put into his right mind and he went and told a story. Oh, I've been so thrilled these last few days as I've been out amongst the community and I've been watching news reports and they've been talking about River Life. I, I was out in my River Life t-shirt yesterday and, and you know, people were saying, oh, I heard about you because my neighbor came and stayed with you. They talked about the place of God because of someone's story. We've had a whole bunch of people this week who have encountered Jesus and are telling a story now about Jesus because they've experienced him. They've encountered his love through you. That's exciting. The Pharisees, they're questioning Jesus at this point in Mark chapter 8. And they're asking for a sign. <laughs> like it wasn't enough to feed 5,000, which equates to probably when you add women and children to about 15,000, and then he's just feeding 4,000 people. And he's doing all of this with a couple of loaves of bread and, and a few fish, you know? And they're asking for this sign, and Jesus himself sees that question as a sign that he was announcing the kingdom of God that was not going to be accepted nor understood by the Pharisees or by most other people. Can you remember I was talking about they're waiting for this kingdom to come and they thought it was only gonna be good news for the, for the Jewish people because they were relying on the promise that was promised to Abraham and they were, they were saying, we're gonna be a great nation and the kingdom is coming and we're finally gonna to get to, to overthrow these Romans and we're gonna, we're gonna stand up for ourselves and the kingdom is gonna come that way. And, and it wasn't coming that way. And they didn't understand that. But one thing that everyone agreed on was that it was good news for them, for the Jewish people. And Jesus here is teaching his disciples that it's a lot bigger than that. He's taking the opportunity to school the disciples on what the kingdom looks like and that the kingdom is for everyone. Let's open up to Mark chapter 8. I want to read to uh, verses 11 through to 21. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them and got back into the boat and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it must be because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves and for the 5,000, how many basketfuls or pieces did you pick up? 
12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketful of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. Then he said to them, do you still not understand? Really interesting passage. And it reminds me a little bit of maybe my days at school. I'm reliving my high school days at the moment with two boys in high school. They come home sharing you know, what they've done through the day, their various different subjects, what was happening. You see, uh, for, for me, school, my favorite part about school was the 3 p.m. bell, you know? Either that closely followed by lunch break. That, that, they were my favorite times at school. And uh, there were some subjects that I didn't mind, and, but there was always one of those subjects that you went to and you just didn't get it. it do you remember the look on your teacher's face at that point? You know, when you, when you kept sitting there and they kept explaining it and demonstrating it and showing it, and you'd look there with this puzzled look on your face like, I don't comprehend what you are saying. And they looked back at you with that face that was like, I just... You. Do, do you remember that face? Did that ever happen to you? Can you remember that teacher's face? That's what I think the face of Jesus looked like when he's talking to his disciples. It's like, you guys just don't get it. That's what he's trying to talk to them about is that this kingdom of God is being ushered in and it looks nothing like anyone else will understand. What he's actually saying is this is good news for everyone. This is good news for everyone. The Pharisees didn't get it. Herod certainly didn't get it. The disciples were slow to pick up on it too. And by the way, what is with the disciples and bread? I mean, they keep just... I, 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 seriously, when I think about my teacher's face back at school, this is what Jesus... He, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And they discuss with one another what is going on. Ah, we know. It's because we've only got one loaf of bread. That's it. That, that's what Jesus is talking about. We've got one loaf. We should have thought about bringing more. He's hungry again. Aware of their discussion, Jesus said, it's not about the bread, you idiots. Actually, that's not what he said. Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Jesus quickly moves away from a discussion that they're trying to have about literal bread, even though he's just demonstrated, I can feed thousands with nothing. You're worried about one loaf and there's like 13 of us? Come on. Come on, guys. Do you not really understand? Do you not really know this isn't about that kind of bread? That's not the bread I'm talking about. This isn't the ushering in the kingdom. It's not about a bakery on every corner. It's about the bread of life coming. It's about fresh manna from heaven that's going to be good news for absolutely everyone. And he's still asking the same questions of his followers today. Are we prepared to stay the course, bringing the good news to everyone? 
They'd forgotten that he could look after them. He's frustrated with their inability to grasp who he really is. They can't break out of their all too human view of Jesus and comprehend that the kingdom is good news that is breaking in for everyone. Still got these one track minds fantasizing the scenes of their future political glory which seemed to be signaled by the popularity of Jesus, both on the Jewish side and the non-Jewish side of the lake. Why, he's feeding everybody. Well, that means we could do an uprising because everyone likes Jesus. He feeds us when we're hungry. This is how they're thinking. And Jesus is like, oh, guys, you, you just, you're missing the point. The only real future is the future that has already arrived before their eyes. It's Jesus, his kingdom come. My school report often read like this, John could achieve better grades. He is easily distracted and talks too much. (laughs) Ha, I get paid to talk now. (laughs) Take that suckers. Jesus is trying to warn his disciples, if you're going to follow me, I need you to understand that you need to stay the course. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by fear. Don't let apathy, don't let complacency stop you from crossing over. People everywhere need to experience my transformational work in their lives. The kingdom is breaking through and it's by my power. Will you stay the course and go? Go tell your story of transformation. Go tell how I met your needs. Go bring this good news about my kingdom to all the people. I think he's saying to us right now, this needs to be more than a flood response, church. This needs to be more than a flood response. If we're going to stay the course, we need to be a people who move beyond just this next couple of weeks in responding to a crisis and actually continue to take up the challenge to go, to stay the course, to let our sails catch the wind of his spirit and sail into those uncharted waters, to go where we haven't gone before, to meet people we haven't met before. They're not just going to walk in here because we can't be a refuge center in that way every week, but we can be a place of refuge for people all of the time. And we can do that as we go. We come in, so we go out. We come in to receive another touch of his presence in our lives, to be healed, may whole, carry his peace with us. So we've got the new perspective that when we go carrying his presence, we go out bringing something different of his kingdom's presence into the lives of the people around us. There's need all the time. We can't bounce from crisis to crisis. We've got to stay the course to go. Jesus talks about it in these terms. He says, don't let the yeast of the Pharisees or the yeast of Herod get in the way. Let me explain that. Let me explain what 
what Jesus is saying there to his disciples because they didn't get it. The yeast of the Pharisees is like a religious spirit that rejects the supernatural work of Jesus and his kingdom is for everyone. You see, they wanted to dilute Jesus' kingdom vision, this is the Pharisees, to set up a kingdom that was for the benefit of Jews who could come and observe the law, not for the benefit of the people on the other side. They wanted their happy, holy club. That's the yeast of the Pharisees. And Jesus says, be warned, we're setting sail to the other side. We are going into uncharted waters. Watch out for the yeast that will leaven amongst you to say, I want it to be about me. I want it to be about my church, my programs, my cafe, my this, my that, for my kids, for my that, instead of having eyes for those who don't yet know Jesus. That's what he's saying. By default, if we're not careful, we can start to become consumers of a religious service provider. Likewise, don't be put off course by not setting sail. Don't get caught into a trap of it's about my faith and my needs. I can just enjoy my religion in the four walls of my church. In this season, don't let it become about trying to get back quickly to some state of normal. Get out there, help our community. Love your neighbor. Be more connected. Be about loving them. Take every opportunity to share your faith with them. Be more concerned about that than how we can get back to normal here. And then he says the yeast of Herod, which is really the kingdom of this world. Herod is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's put in charge of the Jews, but he's really the puppet of the Roman Empire. And the yeast of Herod is the kingdom of this world. They wanted a kingdom where they would set themselves up as a royal family, the true kings of Israel. But don't get caught up in the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life as John would describe it. That's like dropping the sails and running under our own motor. <laughs> That's like, hey, we can do this in and of our own strength. That's something we need to be careful of. That'll take us off course. We won't be concerned for the lost. We'll allow our vision to be diluted by the kingdom of this world. Don't be shy about sharing your faith. Don't let this just become about doing good works. Do the good works and ask how Holy Spirit can use that to have the conversation to declare how good our God is, who he is. Take some relational responsibility to walk the journey longer with your flood-affected neighbor. Let the opportunity that has come to work alongside of them as you went out into the community to be something that you continue to build upon in the hope of being able to share Jesus with your neighbor. 
River Life, we can't afford to be distracted by either a religious spirit or the kingdom of this world. As we set sail, as we head towards uncharted waters, if we want to stay the course, we cannot afford to be distracted by a different vision of what the kingdom looks like. And that was Jesus was saying to the disciples. Just yesterday, walking amongst a couple of streets in Oxley looked just like a war zone. It was just terrible. And seeing the devastation of the floods, the Holy Spirit just reminded me again of the importance of this vision. I was reminded again of just how much it matters that we don't try to just hang on through this another storm. I felt like we've done that a little bit in COVID. We just hung on, you know, the sail wasn't up. We just hoped that we weren't going to get battered around too much, but we kind of drifted off course a little. <laughs> I, we can't afford to do that through this storm either. We actually need to hoist the sail, let the wind of his spirit take us, let Holy Spirit push us where he wants us to go. And I was convicted that we've been just trying to survive, but we we need to be sensitive to where his wind is blowing. We need to be responsive, otherwise we will drift off course. And drifting can happen because we can get too comfortable or because we've been distracted from paying attention to the wind of his spirit. Distraction and lack of understanding can take you off course to accomplishing God's mission. And the question he leaves his disciples with is, do you understand? He actually says, do you still not understand? He asks them eight really pointed questions in a row. Why are you talking about having no bread? Says in Mark 8, 17. Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Do you have ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the loaves, the five loaves for the 5,000, how many pieces, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. Do you still not understand? <laughs> I feel for the disciples. I can remember what it was like sitting before my teacher just looking like a stunned mullet, you know? Wide-eyed, glass everywhere in there, just like, huh? <laughs> but being the good teacher, Jesus doesn't just give them the answer. There's no point in a mass teacher just simply telling the students the right answer to the problem. They need to know how to work it out for themselves. That's when they'll understand it. And so he asked these questions because what he wants them to understand is my kingdom is for everyone. I'm here to feed everyone. That's what my father wants you to know. He's inviting the disciples to take a closer look. When I fed the 5,000 on this side, it was 12 basketball. How many tribes of Israel? 12. I am the manna from heaven. My kingdom is for you, the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he goes to the other side, the people who don't know him, the people who don't understand him. 
and he feeds the 4,000 with seven loaves. How many are there? Seven. Can you remember what that region was and the first vision message? Seven basketfuls left over. That was the seven nations of Canaan that established themselves on that side. He says, not only for you, the 12 tribes of Israel, even the Canaanites, the ones who, who land you've just taken over and you're supposed to be, you want the kingdom to look like a kingdom of ground around even these seven nations of Canaan over here. I'm trying to demonstrate to you that my kingdom is coming and it's for everyone. It's for everyone. Reminds me of that Keith Green song, Asleep in the light, I don't know if you ever heard it or remember it, the lyrics see, do you see, do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care, don't you care? Are you gonna let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? And you close your eyes and pretend the job's done. It's like Jesus is saying to his disciples, don't you get it, come on, stay the course. Stay the course. Because just like the disciples, I can be a little dull, I can be half alive, I can be confused. The divine drama is being played out all around me, but sometimes I don't know what my God-given part in his plan is. But I need to stay the course. That's when I need to pay attention to the wind of his spirit. Collectively, we're doing that as a church together, but what would it look like when his wind catches your sail? What does it look like for your neighbor? What does it look like for your work colleague, for your family, for your friends, for the people you have not yet to meet in our community that don't yet know Jesus? And he asks us questions again, like he was asking the disciples, are you drifting in your faith? Are you distracted by the kingdom of this world? Are you caught in a religious spirit and you're more con consumed with with that than my mission? Do you know what it's like to live by the daily bread that I'm offering? Do you believe the world needs you? Have you hoisted your sail? Where's my spirit blowing? Are you sharing your story of transformation? And here he is offering us a new way of living. Let's go. Let's set sail. I want you to, I'm taking you to a, a people who need the breaking in of my kingdom and I'm asking, will you go? I'll provide everything you need. Don't get distracted by what the kingdom looks like. Stay the course to the vision of what it is. What will be your response? Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.